0: Hello, everyone. Thanks to the good folks over at O'Reilly Media. We will be giving away a free pass to OSCON 2015 in Portland. To enter, just send us an email at show at thecloudcast.net between now and Friday, July 10th, and tell us about your open source journey. Most interesting story wins. And even if you don't win, use the code cloud20 and you'll get a 20% discount on your registration. Thanks for listening. And now on to the show.
1: Cloudcast Media presents from the massive studios in Raleigh, North Carolina. This is the Cloudcast with Aaron Delb and Brian Gracely, bringing you the best of cloud computing
0: from around the world.
2: Good morning, good evening, wherever you are, and uh, welcome to another Cloudcast. We are coming to you live from DockerCon 2015 out here in San Francisco. Uh, Aaron? How was the trip out here, I know you got in late.
0: Yeah, I got in late last night, but it it was all good. I actually got here. You're always worried about taking the late night flights of, you know, mechanical issue, one bad thunderstorm, and you're stuck. Yeah. So, made it. (laughs) You rolled in. Uh, We're doing
2: this sort of right when the the keynote's going on. Um, Keynote is absolutely packed. It's probably... 2,000-plus people kind of standing room. Um, so show's going really well. Um, so first off, we need a couple of thank yous. So thank you to the Docker team for having us out here. Uh, we're going to do shows all week, uh, as we've been doing a couple of times this year, folks. So bear with us with uh, lots of shows. Um, we think it'll be quiet, but we'll see. And then uh, second off, we have to uh, thank the O'Reilly folks who, um, uh, as we did with Velocity Conf, are, uh, are helping us. Um, give you guys discounts for if you want to go to uh, OzCon uh, out in Portland in uh, in July. So uh, if you register with 20Cloud, uh, you'll get 20% off. And then uh, we will get a, a contest going for anybody who wants to try and win a free ticket. So we'll be giving away um, some tickets for uh, OzCon as well. So let's get to our first guest, friend of the show, uh, sort of friend of ours, uh, Sarah Novotny. Welcome to the show. Thanks so much. Um, head of Developer Relations at, and I always get this wrong because I hear it pronounced both ways. I hear it NGINX, X, and I hear it, Ingenix. What's the, what's the right way to do it, or is it regional?
1: Uh, it is Engine X. Okay. Although we in the office will also shorthand it as NGINX, and X and X. It's at some point we'd like to do an audio thing of all the different ways people pronounce it.
0: Yeah. But potato. Potato. Yeah. Potato.
1: Potato. It is Engine X, though.
0: Got it. Got it. Got it.
2: Um, so you're out here. You're one of the speakers. You're giving a talk. I am. Um, you are heavily involved in sort of everything. I mean, we saw you out at Velocity, and we saw you, I mean, you're involved with the OSCON. Give us, for anybody who doesn't know you, which people should, uh, give us a little bit of your background and sort of all the communities you're involved with.
1: Sure. My, I'm, I'm going to give a shout-out to my first and favorite community, which was MySQL. That's where I, where I grew up in open source. Uh, I'm also very involved in the Nginx community and, of course, more broadly open source through OZCon. Um, my background includes long-time IT operations and then running IT operations teams, and now moving on to supporting and promoting good infrastructure software however I can, which these days is all open source. Very
2: cool. Very cool. Um, so I, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw you a little bit of a, a curveball, and then we'll, we'll dive into some stuff. But so your talk is called "Interconnecting Your Containers at Scale." Right. And uh, you know, one of the, the good things about doing an event uh, talk is you have to come up with creative abstracts and all sorts of stuff. <laughs> and, and you use this word called "Steve Door," and I'm reading through it and I go, "What in the world is a Steve Door?" So I had to go look it up. Yep. And Steve Door means the person that loads and unloads cargo on a dock. Mm-hmm. And I went, "Oh, that's appropriate." And Then I went, "Wait a minute." You know, Did you know that word ahead of time? Like, are you, are you a longshoreman in a former life? How do you know the word stevedore?
1: I am not a longshoreman in for a former life. However, I did at one point watch the entire series of The Wire beginning to end, uh-huh. which uh, has a lot of stevedores in it. So I found the word then and thought it very appropriate for um, an application router to yep. containers.
2: Right, absolutely. So uh, so yeah, perfect, perfect use of the word, especially for what nginx does. and, and
1: it was perfect bait for people on there the abstract because right. right. like you, so you had to go look it up.
0: It up. yep, yeah. exactly. So so tell us a little bit about the talk.
1: Uh, so, the talk, the idea is talking about Nginx as an application layer router, layer 7 routing for uh, HTTP traffic. And in our most recent set of releases, we have added TCP traffic as well. So, we can load balance across a variety of different uh, containers, uh, services, ho- hardware, software, et cetera. And wanting to focus on the smart ways that that can be done. Uh, in a large scale with containers, because as you're moving containers around and putting applications on different uh, containers, making microservices, architectural changes, having something out front that then does that routing logic for you at an application layer is really important.
2: Very good, very good. So so NGINX makes great load balancer and proxy. You just talked about that. Yeah. Um, And... Those types of devices, you know, people tend to think of the network sometimes as, I don't want to say dumb, but, but from a network perspective, you want it to be dumb. It doesn't keep state. Mm-hmm. But the higher you get in the stack, you kind of have to keep track of things. You're caching things. You're, like, talk about what that means in a microservices world where it's mm-hmm. sort of stateless and things are ephemeral. And, like, how do you connect those two worlds together?
1: Yeah, You can in- connect them in a number of ways. So with NGINX and NGINX Plus, there's lots of different load balancing algorithms that allow you to choose where you're sending traffic within a particular application or, in our world, location block. So mm-hmm. I can define a particular application as going to this set of servers, which in my talk I'm going to go through um, automatically uh, rebuilding configuration files with Docker Compose and... Uh, And the um, registrator and console products as well. So I'm going to go through that. With Nginx Plus, we also have a nascent and beginning of an API that allows you to configure your upstreams with that. So you have lots of orchestration tooling that can feed Nginx information about where the applications are, what's being added in, removed... And of course, uh, and and of course, changed on the fly with the dynamicness of modern applications. Right.
0: It sounds like the background noise, you you brought your own Steve Doors.
1: I did bring my own Steve Doors, yes. Um, it's an
0: entourage you brought with you.
1: They are, they are currently loading <laughs> the containers behind us. Uh, with with the uh, move to microservices, the idea with NGINX is you can peel off pieces of your application by URL and do routing by URL. So you can have a single front end that is a couple of load-balanced NGINX uh, containers, machines, virtual machines or you can, uh, and use that in order to spread the traffic out to the microservices containers.
2: Right. Okay. So that's, so, and, and that's the thing, like we, we see a lot of people, there seems to be sort of two worlds, right? So uh, Solomon was talking this morning about, you know, kind of where they're going. Mm-hmm. Uh, a couple weeks ago, we were at the Cloud Foundry Summit, which mm-hmm. is very much a, um, we want to build modern applications. We want to do it in new ways, but it's sort of a defined framework. Mm-hmm. And then you've got, what I sort of call unstructured paths or the do it your I don 't want to say do it yourself, but it's um, it's more disaggregated because mm-hmm. you can you can piece tools together um, do you guys find as as people are looking at do they start with I want to rebuild these applications I want to build them where do you find they start do they do they want the tools to do it because developers think in terms of tools do they think in terms of platforms like how do how do you guys of talk to both those worlds. I mean so you can fit in both those worlds. Like right. what do you hear from people when they're just saying like I know I want to do the applications. There's lots of pieces to deal with. Um, mm-hmm. What do they think about, especially from an infrastructure—the you know the routing pieces, the, those types of elements.
1: Right. That's one of the challenges we have with Nginx as a company, because mm-hmm. everybody thinks of us as the open source web server, mm-hmm. and we're well known. 140 million different websites running on Nginx. We uh, we tr- according to statistics that include Netflix, we actually deliver almost half the traffic in an average evening in the U.S. Wow. Uh, but People don't always think of us as the broader application delivery platform. So we've got the load balancing, the proxying, the caching, all of these additional tools, Mm -hmm. which we continue as a company to grow and build feature sets around in a commercial product, as well as continuing to grow the open source product. But reaching developers to say, as you're making architectural changes, how can we fit in this? And not necessarily tying directly to cloud or hardware or containers is one of the, the things that we have to spend some time being able to talk at, at kind of, people about different talk to things. Both groups. Yeah, groups. Yeah, yeah, right. Because we do fit within a PaaS if you want to be sending your traffic uh, across multiple um, across multiple pass applications. Um, You can sit it in front of that. We sit within uh, Infrastructure as a Service. Within AWS, we actually work complementarily with the ELB, because ELB is fairly brain dead. Mm-hmm. It, here, I will send my traffic to these one of these three places. But it does a really good job of going across regions and availability zones. But then within that availability zone or region, you may want to split out your traffic to different applications, different microservices, and have that layer seven um, ability to route traffic based on what what that traffic is.
0: Sure. Yep. And so let me ask you this, Mm -hmm. this, this is, so you have a bit of an operations background and I did as well. And we were actually talking at breakfast and, and, but, but you really, you kind of have moved over to the developer side of the house over the years Mm -hmm. and tell us a little bit about what that journey was like, why you did it Mm -hmm. and like, should others follow you? Should they not? Like, you know, a little bit of where the industry is going because it, it relates very much into the breakfast conversations of, you know, like we were talking about say VMware and virtualization, for instance, was, you know, the benefit was on the operation side of the house. Right. But when you talk in containers and Docker and all of these, the, the, the benefits is really more on the development and application side of the house, very different sides of a coin.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, I will step back and say I am not a developer. I play a developer occasionally on stage, but I am by no means should not be considered a developer or at best a cargo cult developer because I can patch some things together and make it go enough, but I'm not going to go out and build an application for someone. That's just not my skill set. But being able to synthesize the operational needs, the development needs, and especially as the two development and operations uh capacities merge and meld through DevOps and things like continuous delivery and uh, and uh, containerization and moving the pager closer to the person who's building the code I have a pretty good worldview having run operations teams and run developer teams as to how those fit and I've spent how they fit together and I've spent a lot of time working on the cultural gaps between them. And I think that's a lot of what needs to happen at the very high level in order to, um, help people understand the benefits of things like NGINX or open source software or the developer, um, sorry, the DevOps movements, things like that.
2: Yeah, makes sense. Hey, um, so one other thing, so, um, cause we'll, we'll wrap this up. You're, you're busy. We've got people going on and we don't, we don't want to get too much background noise. Um, Weird. You and I were having breakfast uh, a week or two ago. We were in North Carolina and eating grits and, and doing southern <laughs> oh, stuff. <grits>. And, um, <laughs> and we were talking about uh, we were talking about OSCON. Yes. yes, you are. You're part of the the technical sort of steering committee. You help mm-hmm. decide what gets us. Talk a little bit about that conversation we had, where you were sort of saying OSCON, And I don't want to get you in trouble, <laughs> but but Oscon, You know, origins. Everything's in open source software. Yep. And and open source software and just software in general are sort of merging together. Like yeah. talk through what that group is going through in terms of mm-hmm. not just being religious open source, but it's just mainstream now. Like,
1: open source. How yeah. are you guys dealing with that? Sure. So Oscon began as a Pearl conference 16, 17 years ago. This will be the 17th Oscon if I remember correctly. And, it began as a Pearl conference and it began with open source in opposition to enterprise open source. And I should say it expanded into open source and in opposition to enterprise software. So open source as the alternative, all open source as the way to avoid lock in open source as the way to take back your freedoms. And over the last 15, 16 years, Open source has become the standard. One of our taglines a few years ago was um, uh, open source is the default. You know, like, net, what is the default now? So I don't know very many infrastructure companies or infrastructure pieces of code that don't begin as open source at this point. So now that open source has won at some level, certainly hasn't, it isn't everywhere, but certainly It is accepted. There's no longer a you have to prove why it's open source if you're trying to use it in an enterprise. But it's now why aren't you using open source in an enterprise? So now that it's won, a lot of the dogma, there's still more to go, but a lot of the dogma is uh, counterproductive in my opinion. And so... OSCON is trying to look more broadly at best practices of software and not languages and divisions and silos. So this year, one of the changes we made is in our tracking. And the tracks now are no longer languages, but they're talking about the higher order questions of, why would you choose functional programming? It doesn't matter what the language is. Come talk about functional programming. Or how would you do memory management? Again, it doesn't matter what the language is, but do it that way. So we're trying to break down those barriers and that dogma mm-hmm. of my, my choice of open source is better than your choice of closed source or my choice of open source is better than your choice of open source. And instead say, let's talk about the broader development patterns.
0: It makes sense. Absolutely. Very cool. Yeah. Very cool. Well,
2: listen, uh, with that, why don't we wrap it up? Um, Sarah, where can people stalk you online, come listen to your talk, all the all the places you're going to be because you're all over the place?
1: I, I am all over the place. Um, so, of course, I can be found on Twitter and that's just Sarah Novotny. Uh, I can be found this week here at DockerCon, which... After the you guys post this is probably in the past. This week I will also be at Red Hat Summit. Depends on when you post this. Um I will be at Red Hat Summit on Wednesday. And then after that, the next big event is OzCon. So find me, grab me there, and please forgive me if I don't immediately recognize you, even if we know each other, because that's a massive show and <laughs> it's a little bit bonkers.
0: Yeah. Completely understand that. Yeah. Well, you want to wrap it up, then? Yeah, absolutely. So we are out of time. For this week, or really this show, and you can follow us on Twitter at TheCloudcastNet, or you can reach us on the web at thecloudcast.net, where you can find links to our YouTube channel, um, Stitcher, just about everything else, uh, Cloudcast. And for that, for this week, thanks for listening.
1: Thank you for listening to The Cloudcast. Please visit thecloudcast.net to find
2: more shows, show notes, videos, and everything social media.